Hello and welcome to See Positive, Be Positive, the podcast with your host, Greg Osler. This is episode four, Give to Yourself, Care About You. I hope you hear something today that reminds you that you are strong. I'm recording this as the world around us is torn apart, as our differences are exploited and we wage war against ourselves and each other. I do not and unfortunately will not ever truly understand the struggle for survival that so many experience on a daily basis. I am lost for words and I am heartbroken. With a quick reflection of episode three, focused on opening up to receive support from others, a few points I wanna hit before jumping into self-care and what we do for ourselves are first, this is a journey and adventure for each of us. There is no one right or wrong way to approach our path as long as we're taking one step at a time. Second is attunement. Attunement's the connection between two people and the true understanding that one has for another's experience. Third, choosing to open that door and allowing people in is truly a choice. Fourth, I'm really curious about the list that you came up with as you explored your support system. How are you gonna let them in? Bridging the gap between support from others and giving to ourselves. This episode is gonna be interactive, requiring, or well, I guess requesting, that you pause the podcast a few times throughout to do some self-reflection and self-care. These methods may be habits you already have, and they may be new. I wanna encourage you to be willing to try something new, explore your world for yourself. Now that we understand a little better what others can do for us, it's important to remember they're not always aware of your need for support. This is the first point of self-care. Know when to ask for help and be willing to have a conversation with others so they will hear you and hear what you need so they can help. This is the first step because you don't know what you don't know. Those around us, as they work to gain attunement and understanding, can help us be aware of our needs, even when we weren't aware of them ourselves. Those around you can offer external support. You, however, provide the internal support and work for yourself. Receiving support from others and allowing them in is vulnerable and humbling and is therefore uncomfortable and can be incredibly unpleasant. And though it is difficult to accept help, digging deep into our behaviors, personalities, weaknesses, insecurities, dragons, and personal work is a million times harder. It is harder to be effective in our own work when we can't dig. And as far as external reflection of our love and support for others, it is also true that I cannot love others or even accept others If I'm not able or willing to first love myself, it starts with me, and it starts with you, one breath and one step at a time. I don't necessarily love the term self-care, because like the rest of mental health and emotional well-being, it carries with it a stigma, and I've often heard people attach it with selfishness and an absence of willingness to give to others. I wish I had a different term to use, and unless I made up a word, it couldn't be sufficient in truly identifying a meaning or definition for the act of self-care and giving back to oneself. I worked with a student a few years back who knew he needed to continue working on authenticity and finding his genuine self. However, he hated the word authenticity because he'd heard it so much it had lost its meaning. He didn't want to change his direction, however. He wanted to change his perspective. I feel this is very real for my desire when I talk about self-care. So he and I made up a word when he arrived at the program, and I still use that word that we made up or he made up when I talk with other students about being authentic. The word that was created was spirobolobic or spirobolobia, depending upon the context. He held on to this word the entire time I worked with him and was able to successfully continue doing his work on finding himself in a more authentic, oops, I mean, spirobolobic way. He may have made decisions on his own, 
you know, and let the social pressures or a good laugh about a ridiculous word interfere. And it was no different with self-care. You have to choose to engage in self-care and take care of yourself. Others will scoff or laugh or make comments or whatever, and you have to choose to continue your journey. Self-care can be simple. It can be surfacy. It can be it can be a concept or a simple idea if we let it. The self-care I believe we all need and the self-care so many of us struggle to accept and engage in is the application of ourselves, the desire for each of us to engage in change because it is deeper. It is more real than caring for yourself and giving back to yourself. It often requires a complete paradigm shift. If we're not already giving ourselves the time and attention we deserve, it becomes even more difficult. I'm going to give some instructions. Then you can pause the podcast while you do this little assignment. I want you to grab a pen and a piece of paper and think with me for a minute. At the top of the page, I want you to write my self-care. And I want you to write down everything you do to take care of yourself. Yes, everything. Think outside the box. Think deep and walk through each step of your day and decide if what you're doing counts as self-care. Go ahead and pause the podcast. Now more instructions followed by another pause. Read through your list and add anything that is missed. Remember, this is anything you do that serves you in some way, in any way. Go ahead and pause again. What's on your list? Did you add anything the second time? What did you add? And how do these activities serve you? Self-care requires authenticity, or spirobolobia, and connection with oneself on a deeper level. It requires attunement. Though the perspective of being attuned with oneself is unpopular, because we should already know ourselves. Self-care to be genuine requires a focus on adjusting and realigning our attitude, our mindset, our perspective, accepting that life is weird sometimes. My favorite part of the simplicity of self-care is that anything you do, again, literally anything you do, can be discussed in terms of taking care of you and engaging in activities, hobbies, or conversations that address finding balance and giving back to you. I'm putting a huge emphasis on this idea of anything works as self-care, and we're going to keep exploring that. This does not mean that everything you do as self-care is appropriate, healthy, or safe self-care activities. There is plenty that we engage in every day that can be caring for us and also carry with it a destructive pattern or lifestyle. Go back to your list. Can you identify the healthy, positive, and productive activities? Can you identify any unsafe, unhealthy, or unproductive activities? What makes them so different? Are there people, places, or things that are included in those self-care activities that create this good or bad label? You won't hear me identify your activities as good or bad. I'm not throwing on labels and I'm not here to judge. The key is being aware so you know if you're giving yourself what you need or if you need to make some shifts and adjustments to your mentality and the lens you're living through. I'm doing the same thing every single day. And my list is littered with behaviors, thoughts, and emotions that I've shared throughout my first few podcasts, and we will evaluate our self-care behaviors and focus frequently to ensure we are engaging in activities that truly serve us. When I say that anything can count as self-care, I'm not kidding. Everything you do can serve you if you allow it. Again, there are definitely healthier opportunities and activities than others, and we will go after that which we feel will meet our needs and serve us best in the moment. We do this as a means of self-preservation and safety as we search for familiarity and comfort in an uncomfortable and unfamiliar world. Exploring this idea of activities meeting our needs, let's identify and jump into the universal human needs or core human needs. You may have heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. 
more of the food, shelter, water. These are a little bit different. And this will provide context to my claim that everything you do can qualify as self-care. The six universal human needs are certainty, variety, love and connection, significance, growth, and contribution. So everything in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, all the physiological, all the psychological, all the safety, all those different components can fit into each of these six in some way. Brainstorm with me for a moment how a stereotypically dangerous behavior of drug dealing can meet each of these needs. It fits into the list of needs very comfortably. Again, that list, certainty, variety, love and connection, significance, contribution, and growth. Drug dealing provides certainty through consistency of supply and demand. Variety through change of scenery, clientele, and each day is likely very different. Love and connection through the groups of people you serve and associate with. Significance through others needing you and you fulfilling your purpose. Growth through improving entrepreneurial communication and engagement skills and getting better at selling drugs. And contribution through you giving back to those you serve and helping them feel good. As I identify drug dealing as the method or approach to meeting all six of our needs, it is a very extreme example, and it works because it's also so easy to identify the ways in which engaging in substance use or drug dealing can be incredibly dangerous, harmful, and concerning. And we focus on the pros rather than the cons. Again, everything we do serves us and helps us meet these six needs. While we are having the conversation about self-care, we talk about doing our own work. And while we talk about receiving support from others, we are exploring the idea of why others cannot do our work for us. Why not? Well, that's simple. Ownership and accountability. We do our own work because we cannot do the work of others and we have to do something. When we're focused on ourselves, we can focus on our opportunities to improve our situations and come out victorious and overcome our shortcomings. If we do our work, we continue demonstrating that we care. When we stop doing our work, we stop caring. We provide the opportunity for others to stop caring as well. In episode three, we talked about caring and the energy required to truly allow ourselves to support others and take the risk and walk into the darkness, into the uncertainty of potential failure and unsuccessful support. Again, jumping back to our lists, while I'm incredibly curious about what you wrote down on your personal self-care activities and behaviors, did you write down physical activities or tangible experiences? Is there more on your list that allows for self-care to be reflection? introspection, delayed gratification, affirmation, increased opportunities to feel proud of yourself, or a chance to feel satisfaction. Depending on how intentional you are in creating space for these simple experiences, you open yourself up to peace. This is a key player in self-care as well. Creating peace doesn't come at the snap of a finger, and it isn't guaranteed through deep breathing, though it can be. Peace is created and best understood when we commit ourselves to the experience and tell ourselves we can do hard things. We create the opportunity, then have to follow through and do to make it happen. A friend and colleague of mine introduced me to a book that is an indirectly a handbook for self-care and creating that peace for you. It is called Finding Your Element, How to Discover Your Talents and Passions and Transform Your Life by Ken Robinson. The title is enough to know what I'm talking about. Self-exploration and searching deep within yourself to identify your why, your drive, and find joy. Finding your element discusses life and being true to you. Sharing that career changes occur most frequently around age 40, and we identify that as what? 
Yes, you may be thinking the term is midlife crisis. The concept of a career change and finding your element is bravery, stepping out of your situation and following your heart. This leads to taking action and being obsessed with whatever it is you're doing because you're living your passion and finding that joy. You're being true to you, allowing yourself to reside in whatever brings you peace. You create this environment for yourself through hard work and giving back to yourself, practicing self-care. I've already leaked the secret that self-care is anything you choose to do that serves you. Though my next question is, what does self-care truly look like? Authentic, sporobolobic, beneficial, and healthy self-care is anything. And I'll add a clarifier here. It is anything that brings you joy, helps you feel grounded, peaceful, solace, and serenity. Self-care allows and creates opportunities for you to connect with you and be able to take those breaths out and encourage The reality is that regardless of what I give you in this podcast, no matter what you hear, I cannot make you change your approach. I cannot make you change your approach to giving back to and taking care of yourself. I don't want to change anything simply because I'm exploring self-care. What I would love to see is you experience a shift in paradigm and perspective and open yourself up to a different outcome. Rigidity and concrete thinking will keep us stuck in the discomfort and stress of the environments we find ourselves in. And self-care is breaking that shell because we know it's right. We know it will serve us in some way. Again, we will not know or recognize this immediately. Paradigm shifts and perspective changes take time to formulate and be created through giving attention to yourself in the moment. We're going to jump into an activity that I've been working on personally over the past week after I engage in some therapeutic work myself. While we have talked about self-care and activities we can engage in, we've talked about those activities serving us in some way. We know we cannot always have the freedom to choose anything from that list. This activity will allow us to focus on time and place, engaging in activities that fit the environment and your lifestyle or schedule. You have a list of activities you do to take care of yourself. We're going to take a look at that list, and you may make some adjustments to placement of those activities. We're going to put some organization into that list. Whether you use your current list or make a new list is up to you. I will provide instructions and you can pause when you've heard the concept. I want you to make a list of things that bring you joy. Again, this may be different than the previous list. I want you to make two columns, labeling one free for all and the other confined. Now we're going to fill these columns with ideas and activities that bring you joy. Activities you can engage in when you have access to anything. You can move, you can act, you can go out and be active, and the other with things you can do when you're stuck or in times when you have to stay where you're at and take advantage of the environment you're currently in and engage in self-care. After you give it a try, I will share some of the ideas that I have of how to navigate the freedom versus confinement approach to self-care. Go ahead and pause the podcast and fill those columns. I'm curious what words filled those spaces. Regardless of what your list says, I hope it allows you to shine. With your list, allow yourself to accept that you're doing the best you can and cannot always be 100%. When you feel like you're losing ground, ask, what do I need right now to bring me back to light and love? Whatever it is that comes to mind when you ask this question, and it may seem completely ridiculous as a self-care option, it will fit into either of these columns. Try it out. Pay attention to your soul, to your spirit, to your inner self, and allow yourself to be. This is self-care. Identifying self-care can be reflective if you allow it to be, and we're going to do another little activity together. We will walk through it, then I will encourage you to pause the podcast and give yourself time to visit yourself in this moment. We're going to do a feelings check-in. 
I know it sounds cliche, and of course, we're going to engage in some self-care together before I let you go and explore your behaviors. This activity, you may call it an assignment because it's therapeutic, is meant to expand your view of what you feel and what you need to support yourself in those emotions. Emotions can be scary, overwhelming, and exhausting, and you understanding what you feel not only allows you to breathe through it, we are able to breathe through it, know the emotion, feel it, and feel it well. A destructive pattern of avoiding emotions creates distance between us and that peace, the familiarity we're searching for. And we're going to go ahead and grab that piece of paper you used earlier, find space, and title it Feelings Check-In. I want you to create a T-chart or two columns. The left column will be titled I Feel... dot dot dot, where we will identify the feelings or emotions. The right column will be titled I Need To... dot dot dot, where we will identify our action or behavior needed to support ourselves in this emotion. If we try to avoid, suppress, ignore, or distract from the feeling, we are simply postponing that experience and causing more overwhelm later when we run into the feeling and are unable to process it. An example of one feeling and one behavior that I will share to begin the chart is, I feel overwhelmed. I need to take a step back and take a deep breath. It's simple. This will be one emotion and one action. Take a few minutes to identify 10 emotions you feel and one thing you need when you feel it. These are not support from others or external things. This is internal and what you can provide to yourself. Pause the podcast for a few minutes and identify your emotions and actions needed. This list is yours. Keeping this list accessible by folding that paper and putting it in your pocket and carrying it around or taking a picture of it and keeping it available on your phone will help you work through the feelings and come out victorious of the uncertainty and struggle of each day. Within your list, I want to invite you to add purpose. I want to encourage you to act with intention to truly take care of yourself. Acting with immediacy or reactivity to situational stressors is inauthentic and ingenuine. It is unserving to self. To truly give to yourself, get comfortable with being alone, sitting in your own skin and insecurity. It will empower you. The words of others will hurt. The criticism from others may knock you down. And again, this week, I shared the words of Aristotle. There is only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. You have to stand up and take that step and recognize the effort you put in is for you, by you. Demi Lovato has been a mental health advocate for many years. She's struggled with and shared her personal bouts with emotional difficulty. Demi reminds us the reason we keep fighting when she shared, one of the hardest things was learning that I was worth recovery. You are worth it. You are strong. You are brave. Keep fighting. Never give up. Never surrender. I want to thank you for joining us on See Positive, Be Positive, the podcast. I encourage you to reflect on what you've heard today. I want to challenge you to think of someone in your life who you think would benefit from our message today. We can share our light with others. Let your smile change the world.